Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 186 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, it is a Monday morning. I apologize for us getting this episode out late, but I am joined by uh, Ray. And Ray, if you're anything like me this morning, you're a little sleepy. <laughs> a little sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a lot going on this weekend, right? It was Valentine's Day yesterday. Yes. Uh, we got a, a, a holiday today for, for most, if not, if not everyone. Yeah. Is Although I'm just- learning that there are a lot of people that don't get... Don't get today off. I think. Yeah, because we're in education. It's actually uh, a perk. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this is this just because uh, we work in education? But it is a nice perk. So, how have uh, you been? Good, good. I'm glad. I'm actually glad I had. I know we were supposed to originally record this on Saturday, and I'm I needed a couple days to really. Um, deep dive into all the theories that have been updated since episode six came out on Friday. So I I wasn't, I don't think I was looking at my notes. Now I was not fully ready to record this on Saturday. So I got a bunch of extra info to share today. That's good because I have not been able, I have had such a busy weekend. (laughs) I have (laughs) not had a chance to deep dive like I normally do. So I'm excited to hear all the stuff I've missed out on. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, this show And the way people are sort of dissecting it and, you know, coming up with fun theories and stuff. I mean, it's a whole geeky pursuit on its own that can take up a lot of time. So I I think, you know, even though we were complaining about uh, kind of the slow burn and and how, you know, waiting for it weekly was was hurting us in the beginning. um, It makes sense, I think, for, for why Marvel wanted to do it this way, because it really... A show like this or any property really doesn't have a chance to become a, uh, you know, this sort of movement unless Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of doled out weekly like this. When they just drop a whole season at a time, it kind of comes and goes in the general consciousness. Right. Doesn't really stick around, you know? No, no. It it would be just kind of this flash in the pan. Oh, that was cool. And then you never hear about it again. Yeah, and then on to the next thing. So I get, I you know, I get why um, services like you know, like Disney Plus, want to do it this way instead. Yeah, it ma- it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to do anything other, any other geeky stuff in the meantime, or has it been uh, all vision, on division all the time? Couple things, Joe. Um, I guess they're kind of related because definitely, you know. I've been following all the stuff that has been coming out about Joss Whedon. Yes. And all the like just really cringy, really terrible um, stories that people are finally starting to share after years, you know? Mm -hmm. And in a weird way that feels connected to the Snyderverse stuff, uh, just because, you know, so many Snyder fans were upset that Joss Whedon was brought on to finish justice league and how they thought you know it, it they didn't get the story that snyder originally intended or promised and mm-hmm. you know a new uh trailer for the snyder cut dropped yesterday so that's in the news and people are giving their takes on that you know last night and and today so it just seems like this is all kind of p- weirdly part of the same glob 
Yeah, it is kind of very circular in its reasoning, <laughs> which is weird. It doesn't I mean, feel like it should be. Yeah, I can't say that I was that I was really uh, a fan or or really like engaged with Whedon's stuff until Avengers, which by then you know he was the kind of geek. The, the guy that you would go yeah, he was to. A, he was a geek icon at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I do believe uh, one time hanging out in a in a uh, Borders bookstore one afternoon and catching up on his uh, his run of X-Men, Astonishing X-Men, I think, which is really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, but other than that, I mean, I had never really watched Buffy or, you know, Firefly or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Avengers came along and I thought, okay, cool. He really knocked it out of the park. Uh, how, you are on the, are on the other side though. Yes. No, I've been a huge Wheaton fan, Wheaton fan, uh, for years. Um, I, I very much think he's an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the thing that first made me excited and still in, it makes me enjoy Buffy as much as I do is the writing. Um, not, not to do spoilers. Are you still, are you still planning on doing a Buffy watch through or is this ruined it for you? Uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you about that today because one, there's no way. I mean, I, I'm still down to watch Buffy at some point. There's no way I'll be able to watch it without this in mind. Like, there's, right, it's right. going to be impossible. I wouldn't even want to try. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm going to be thinking about what some of the actresses have come forward with and said around about, you know, his behavior towards them at this time, you know, yeah. the time that, that he was made, that they were making this show. There's no, there's no way I'm going to be able to like not put that aside in my head and be like, all right, let's just watch the show. Um, so no matter when I, I watch it, I feel like, you know, that's going to be a part of it. So there's no point in even trying to avoid that. But second thing that I wanted to talk to you about was, about maybe like giving whether or not we want to give Buffy a signal boost as a series. Like, do we want to promote Whedon's work or is that doing a disservice to the work that the actors did on the show? You know what I mean? Like, how do you separate that? And and the the fact of the matter is, is I don't think you can. Um, I I feel like kind of have to, I I may have mentioned, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the show last week or if I mentioned it on, um, other places. I know I talked to uh, a woman in my guild about this because she was just like, oh, this is just heartbreaking. I just love these properties and I don't feel comfortable engaging with them anymore. And mm-hmm. and for me, I do feel like I don't want to be the guy that says like the art, not the artist, because right. I feel like that's a cop out. Right. But that stuff is already there. We've already have interactions with it it's not going away and a lot of people contributed their time and efforts to it. Yeah. So to pay um, homage to what they're doing, I, you know, maybe it's just a justification to continue to enjoy what something that you really love. But I do think that there's validity in, Hey, other people did work on this. It's, he was not just in it by himself mm-hmm. and, and you can still enjoy it. You just need to enjoy it a little bit with more of a, a, a knowledge of what went into it behind the scenes. Right. Right. Um, and, and I will have to say that one thing that he has going for him right now, I don't know how long that will last, but he has not doubled down <laughs> because you know how, how we all love doubling down on this show. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like with um, Harry Potter. 
I'm not going to stop loving Harry Potter because I think J.K. Rowling is very um, problematic right now. But I also like I've gone I've gone a step further with her because she has doubled down that I've removed any reference to like I used to have uh, proud Hufflepuff on my like social media tags and that kind of stuff. And I, I've taken that all down because I can't I can't promote that ongoing. But it also doesn't mean that I can't enjoy what I have already consumed and purchased. From. Right, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we can continue to talk about this and see. You know, God, what else comes out? <laughs> oh, I, I, I well, the, the the two things that I am holding on to right now are that. It has only been not not that this is any way good or or better, but it it could be worse because there haven't really been any sexual allegations or anything like that. It's mostly mm-hmm. sounded like it's been verbal and emotional abuse, which is still abuse. And don't get me wrong, but I feel like that takes it to another level mm-hmm. if it's if it, if it gets into to other areas of abuse mm-hmm. and he hasn't doubled down. Those are the two things I'm holding on to. Right. Like I don't think that he is a person that we're going to hear an apology from. Right. Just from what I know about him, I don't yeah. think that he's going to be apologizing anytime soon. Yeah. But I don't, uh, he hasn't doubled down and the allegations right now, or it sounds like he's just got, anger issues or, or power issues or something, but at least it hasn't devolved into more than that. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it'll be interesting to watch, to give Buffy a watch sort of like in the, in, you know, with this now kind of having to, unfortunately to be a part of its legacy. Yeah. It it really does it a disservice. And I mean, Talented people can be bad people. Like, yeah, they, 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 like. There, there's nothing that says that be, the talent makes you suddenly not a bad person. Right, right. It's the whole art, you know, separating the art uh, uh, from the artist kind of, you know, conversation. Um, which I, uh, I'm, you know, I get that totally. Like you said, like someone can be a really, you know, really good at something and it doesn't really speak to their moral character. Um, I guess the question is, do you, how do you, you know, do you want to support them? How do you choose to, to support or to withhold your support? Right. Right. And, and I think I'm, um, I'm certainly not going to indulge in anything new of his, like, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, like (laughs) I'm cutting him off. I don't want to encourage that, but I also like, I'm not quite ready to give up my my favorite i'm not gonna not watch avengers because uh right he's associated he made it and that's the thing he's involved in so many of my fandoms so many of my fandoms (laughs) it just hurts it's like like it you know you want you want the people that you like to be good people but you can't (laughs) you can't create that out of nothing (laughs) right yeah exactly and it's like the divestment that that entails can feel you know overwhelming yeah yeah, because I mean, just just in this, what like we started last week with the Buffy rewatch in my household. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're you're waiting for a month or so to get started, but I I, I know I'm going to be dragging Matt 
kicking and screaming through it. So <laughs> we had to, we had to start a little early. Um, plus we're coordinating with two other people. So that, that slows right. us down a bit, but right. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. They came over yesterday and we watched uh, season two, episode one. And, um, and, and you just sit there and you're like, God, the writing's good. And I, Matt laughed at a couple of the, the lines and, at the end of him, like, I know you don't love this, but can you at least see the, the appeal? And he's yeah. like, yeah, I can definitely see why people enjoy it. He's like, the writing is very clever. It's not sitcom-y. It's not, yeah. uh, it's, it's not talking down to you. And so, you know, that, that's cool. But I also said that I was going to go back and rewatch the Marvel movies of which two <laughs> of them are Joss Whedon's. Right. So it's right. like just, just in the, the last couple of weeks, I've already committed myself to doing these things that, you know, full on crossover into his. Yeah. Stuff. So this begs the question I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, uh, you know, we, we covered spoilers in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a spoiler of a different kind to me, it seems like. Uh, because, you know, I'm I'm watching some of these things with Rosie, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know who Joss Whedon is. Right, <laughs> she, right. She doesn't know, you know, we're we're getting ready to watch Buffy, and I'm like, okay, like I feel like I have to clue her into some of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, just just so that she you know c- can make her own sort of decision about you know what she wants to do. Um, and, you know, eventually we're going to start watching the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is definitely something she's, you know, some knowledge that she's going to carry into watching Avengers. We've already watched a bunch of the DC stuff and I definitely told her all about Snyder, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and how Joss came in to finish justice league. So she's aware of that. Now, another thing that I've been thinking about lately, it's been on my mind is we're uh, she's a huge fan of the office mm-hmm. and she had never seen parks and rec. So I was like, Oh, okay. You're going to love this show because you know, people who love the office usually end up loving parks and rec. Mm-hmm. So, you know, same, same format, same style of comedy. Sure enough, you know, we're, we're into we're I think we're three seasons deep now. She loves this show and one of her favorite characters is Andy, who's played by Chris Pratt. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm literally sitting there watching the show with her, thinking to myself, at what point <laughs> do I want to say, do I want to burst that bubble for her? Because she's really, really enjoying that character. She's mm-hmm. enjoying the storyline between Andy and April is probably her favorite storyline of the series thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, she adores them as a couple. And, um, I just, you know, I'm glad to see her enjoying it. And I'm, and it just, it kind of feels like I'm about to take something away from her. Right. I, I mean, I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh, I just, I feel that conversation and how <laughs> bad that's going to feel to have happened. Um, because I know he is just, he is just the bomb that's waiting to go off right now. You yes, know, yes. you know that something is going to come out and really close. be like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like circling, just like just on the outer rims, and something I mean, is gonna come out. He has avoided the the main spotlight by millimeters. But I mean, j- yeah, exactly. I feel like some stuff has come out already, and it just hasn't hit like mainstream consciousness yet, or maybe they don't care. I don't know. 
But well, I think it's I think he's he's just like there's just enough I can explain it away or I can claim <laughs> I not know, to man. know. I'm not saying it's valid. I'm just saying I think that's what he's pulling off. So, and I feel I feel like the rest like I like people are like, well, if I just pretend that I believe him, I don't have to dude. not like his stuff. Some of the stuff that I've sent you recently about him, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Like, why are you even taking pictures wearing some of that stuff or, or you know, associated with some of these people? What are you doing? Yeah. It's, I wonder, this puts, and then this all put, and if you don't know what we're talking about, I mean, just go out and, like, seriously, like, go to Twitter and search Chris Pratt and if you want, put three percenter in there and all this stuff will come up. You'll see all the the you know white nationalist associated stuff that he's tied to. Yeah, and right now it's it's very centered on his brother, and his brother's the main person that it's and he's just kind of either supporting his brother or like that's the claim. He's supporting his brother or he is um um, you know, just kind of tangentially associated with it, but I mean, the, proudly, proudly supporting his brother, like not even sorry about like, <laughs> not, not even embarrassed by it at all. No, no, totally associating with, you know, the wrong people, unless he doesn't think they're the wrong people, which, you know, is what is what we're thinking. But um, yeah, that's the, that's the problematic portion of this all. Yeah. And it, 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 it really makes me wonder about where, Disney slash Marvel will draw the line. You know, we've already seen some of this stuff happen where people are being dropped. People are being recast. I mean, the whole stuff about Gina Carano just came out recently. The news that she's been dropped from the Mandalorian, um, which means her character is either going to be recast or, or written off of that mm-hmm. show, which mm-hmm. was crazy because they were, they were originally planning to give her her own series to give that character uh, their own series. So talk about, fucking up your career for some stupid shit for saying what, what did she what did she do because i I'm, i don't follow the mandalorian as much as i probably should and so oh. i missed that one i know she was in something but i didn't hear what it was she uh on the show she played a character that was a survivor of alderaan and so basically she was a badass who was like totally against the M- the empire considered her character a um a terrorist, basically, you know, like, like mm-hmm. a, a, uh, a, a fugitive terrorist. And she was basically a badass soldier warrior who was out to, you know, eradicate the empire in any way she could. So she was like a mercenary, but a certain, but, but very important to her character's motivation is that she's a, she's a survivor of Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was it's it was an it's an interesting take for a character because thus far in Star Wars we had seen, you know, people who from Alderaan were very sort of like understandably, you know, distraught at the planet's, you know, demise um at the hands of the Death Star, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but but in kind of a weepy kind of like solemn way, right? Yeah, but yeah, kind of like sh- mourn- mourning. They're- yeah, and she's like, "F this! Like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill all of you." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that was, I, th- I think, you know, she was that was a fan favorite character when it when she was first introduced because I think people were just excited to see that sort of emotional response to what happened, you know, in like the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, 
but now because you know she she's always been proudly conservative, proudly anti-masker, proudly Trump supporting. And that was all, you know, people have been calling for her to be, you know, taken out of this property for a while now. But most recently, she uh, posted at least one, if not more, uh, really anti-Semitic memes and images on her social media, on her Twitter. And that seemed to be the last straw for for Disney. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. How, well, Ray, is it really that hard to be a good person? Like, I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. It's not that hard. Leave yeah. people alone and do your own thing. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, there's a lot of angry people out there, Joe. You know, and and they feel entitled, and they feel that you know they've been promised something, you know, and they're not getting it, and and yeah. I mean, shit, we could start talking about the Snyder Cut now if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Because because that trailer dropped yesterday and it's really interesting. I think, you know, you can kind of see it's the first time we're getting a really what feels like more complete um, window into the vision that um, Snyder, you know, had for this movie all along. And that he's uh, he's getting to complete, Um, you know, for better or worse, we got to talk about it. Uh, when it comes out and um the the big storyline the big you know reaction that hit yesterday as soon as the trailer dropped was that at the very end spoilers if you haven't seen this trailer uh but it's all over at this point uh we get a shot of the joker who i guess was set to make a cameo appearance in justice league at some point he's back in he's been written back in by snyder and uh, so Jared Leto's Joker, we see a, a scene of him at the end of the trailer, and <laughs> he starts off his dialogue it is "We live in a society," which is a is a call to a very popular meme, um, a very popular gamer slash incel, if you want to, you know, call it that slash God, whatever else, four chan you know, meme. God. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's what, that's what this meme is all about. And, and basically, so I I did some, some research last night and this morning. And uh, at some point um, gamers, I would say about five years ago, at some point, this is what it's recorded as according to knowyourmeme.com gamers um, started to associate themselves, whether ironically or sarcastically or whatever, with images of the Joker. So, you know, it would be a game bro, you know, complaining about how, you know, society has shunned him or whatever, and the girls that he liked don't like him back, right? And how stupid girls date jocks instead of you know gamers (laughs) and and the you know their their the imagery that would come with these with these memes is an image of the joker putting the gamer in in the you know in in the joker's place Mm -hmm. so so basically you know saying hey you know we're 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 these these everyday normal guys that are losing our patience with society and when we snap finally it's going to be your fault and you're not going to like what you know 
what happens when we snap. So respect us, date us, have sex with us, you know, or else. So, so. I'm just going to throw it out here right now. If you're one of those people, it's not that they won't date gamers. I have lots of friends who are gamers right. and met right. their people during – they won't date you. Right. <laughs> you need exactly. to look in the mirror and ask yourself why. Exactly. Yeah, this is clearly a very you know uh, um, small subset of – Ga- male, you know, probably white, <laughs> male gamers, probably hetero, uh, who, you know, feel this type of way, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I think it has to do with entitlement. I think it has to do with, you know, thinking that you're promised something and, you know, feeling because the the world and society at large is trying, I'm not saying succeeding, I'm saying trying to move to a more fair and equitable way of life. You know that's going to feel like oppression to some people, right? Who who mm-hmm. who, are, who are accustomed to their privilege. So, uh, and and you know, and likely don't even see it as privilege. So, right. uh, <laughs> so there's. I mean, this has been a popular meme for years now, and this is one of the reasons why some of us, when they announced, you know, that they were making this Joker movie, were going, "Why? Why would you put keep putting the Joker in in this?" you know, role as a protagonist that is set upon by society. Why are we, you know, the Joker is not a character that is meant to be identified with, right? No, sympath- no, not, well, I mean, we had a whole, we had a whole episode about how, yeah. like, stop, stop um, idealizing the Joker-Harlequin relationship. It's not a functional relationship. It's an abusive relationship. Right. Stop going, oh, they're so sweet. No. Right. So. No. So, you know, back in 2017 or 2018, uh, the very popular meme, you know, popped up online, which was an image of Joker and Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. And the meme says, this could be us, but you friend zoned me 10 times, 10 fucking times. Veronica, whoever, you know, Veronica is, when will you learn to love me a gentleman gamer instead of going after dumb jocks? Uh, B word gamers rise up. So this is the kind of like meme, right? And <laughs> and I mean, there's a ton of this shit online, Joe. Well, like, and now, uh, did you say at the uh, beginning it was a picture of the Joker and Harlequin? Yeah, yeah. These are okay, all okay, like right there. I'm like the, the the obvious answer is because that's not a functional relationship. So if that's what I'm getting from you, thank God. So there's, I mean, there's memes with like the different iterations of the Joker. Uh, you know, saying, what kind of gamer are you? And then it's got like the Leto Joker, who's like the new school gamer. It's the Heath Ledger Joker, which is the old school gamer. It's the Jack Nicholson Joker, which is the ancient gamer. So so there's this subset of gamers that identify strongly with the Joker character, right? They okay. see themselves as the real life Jokers, okay? Um, so, yeah. Uh, the bottom of this meme says, whether young or old, brand new or classic, we are all gamers. We snipe our enemies, complete our quests, and most of all, we get shit done. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't mess with us. Like, they they see themselves as these, like, badasses, right? Like, these mm-hmm. psycho badasses. So, anyway, um, this all leads me to uh, the the we, we live in a society line, which that, that was also tied, to, you know, th- that's... I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, so I know I recognize that as a as a scene uh, from Seinfeld where George Costanza, who's you know this set upon character in the show that we're meant to laugh at, and he's hilarious. And at one point, you know he 
he um, loses it. He loses his patience waiting to use a, a phone. Somebody cuts in front of him to use a, a payphone. Remember payphones, Joe? Public phone? Oh, my God. And, yes. <laughs> and uh, Snyder's old. I mean, Snyder. Uh, Sein- <laughs> Seinfeld's old. And, um, you know, he just screams, we live in a society, you know, <laughs> like he's just like, he's lost it. He's like, there are rules, people. We live in a society. So, you know, this, this subset of gamers have sort of latched onto that as well. Um, speaking to the, you know, the, the Joker sort of sense of like dark sense of humor. Um, and so they actually started when, when Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie was announced, these guys online started a petition to, to, to have that movie include a scene where the Joker says we live in a society. And let me tell you, this thing got 23,000 votes. Mm. The petition did. Uh, they really, really wanted this scene. They really wanted the Joker in, in the Joker movie to make a reference to this meme, this online meme. Uh and of course, it didn't happen. If you've seen, you know, the Joker movie. But guess what? Here comes Snyder. Of course, <laughs> doubling down. Of course, Snyder is going to, you know, play to his crowd and throw them a bone, and probably act like it's totally innocent. <laughs> and, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, or you know, it's 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 just a joke. And, but you know, what it's really doing is it's, it's psyching up this, it's, it's validating this really, really toxic, uh, you know, uh, culture fandom, whatever you want to call it out there. So that's, that's why the Joker's little, you know, snippet of dialogue in the trader that came out yesterday caused such a reaction online. I just, I don't even know where to go with this. Like, I just, I'm so, like, I'm, I'm so, (laughs) I I feel like this is becoming an episode of State of the Geek. I am so tired. (laughs) I'm so tired of people making themselves the heroes in their own stories. Yeah. And it's exhausting to watch them do this and just mess everything else up for everybody else. Like, it's just like, I I don't feel like it is that hard to look at your situation and go, you know what? Maybe it's, <laughs> I used to tell the, at the, the old school that we used to work at was project based and kids would often complain that they never got a good group. Like every semester, they would be in the worst group possible. And we would often tell them, if you are always, if <laughs> remember, if you are always in a bad group, <laughs> the problem with those groups could very well be you because you're the one consistent in all of these groups. <laughs> like I just, that, that, and these are high schoolers that are allowed to still be a little bit unself-aware because they're high schoolers. Right. We're talking about adults who should know better. And I've just lost patience. I've just lost patience. Yeah. I mean, it makes it really hard to, it's, it's, you know, as much as we love Marvel and rave about Marvel, you know, the MCU and Marvel's properties and their takes on the characters, and as much as we, you know, keep reiterating that we want to love DC, <laughs> we want to, to, you know, I grew up, Superman was my favorite character, always. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Superman was my favorite superhero since I was a little kid, right? 
and as and you know as much as i feel bad that we end up not really liking the way dc approaches their their movies their superhero films um it's really amazing this really paints it in a star it paints a difference in a stark light where you get, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel, we're going, wow, when is Chris Pratt going to be, you know, 86th by Marvel? Because we know that they're, you know, this is something that's important to them, or at least whether it's, whether it's trying to please a crowd or not, or whatever, it's like they're for whatever their you want to, you know, say their, their motivations are, whether it could be just money, it could just be like, you know, whatever, that, that's what they're doing. They're, they're the way they're going about chasing money is by trying to remain uncontroversial and trying not to um, promote, you know, uh, uh, hateful, uh, I don't know, beliefs, right? Right. <laughs> and then you have DC. <laughs> we'll just double down on that shit. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's just no worries. Snyder back and just, it's you know, fine. Yeah. You know, Sweden is never going to be, ever going to be brought back to Marvel in any way, shape, or form, they are probably they are you know going to distance themselves as much as possible. They haven't already from this point going forward. Can you imagine Marvel deciding to bring you know Whedon back at this point to do no. like another? <laughs> no, no not at all. Like it just like my my husband teaches Matt teaches marketing and talks about you know his basically his his focus is consumer psychology. So he's all about why people buy and follow products the way they do. And one of the things he talks about is this idea of brand identity. And I feel like that's become very important nowadays that, that companies are, I mean, whether you want them to be political or not, they're, they're associated. They're like, what, what does our company want to stand for? Right. And, I think Marvel has chosen a direction and I think DC, whether they realize it or not has chosen a direction. And just like everything else, they are very diametrically opposed positions right. with, with, you know, green lighting, the Joker film to, you know, acquiescing to the demands for a Snyder cut. I mean, this all appeals to a very specific genre of fan that's out there whether you're a gamer or not or whatever, it's, it's a mm-hmm. very specific genre of fan. Um, so, you know, unfortunately that's just at this point, that's associated with the DC brand. Yeah. It just is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think, you know, we have a lot to talk about today with Wanda. Um, we needed to sort of cover this in the intro for better or worse, because it is what's going on. It is what we're talking about. I think it's relevant to talk about. I do, before we wrap up and probably hit into commercial, want to mention that um, I wanted to give a shout out to Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice League, because he's been ringing the bell on Whedon for well over a year now, uh, if not longer. You know, he's he's always talked about wh- how problematic his experience was with Whedon on set and been trying to hold Warner Brothers accountable. And no one's really at least, you know, in the mainstream been listening. And finally, I think, I think a lot of his, you know, concerns and complaints are, are being validated rightfully now. Right. Well, and I mean, he, he was very supportive of Charisma Carpenter when she came out and that was the big thing that kind of blew it all up because when she came out, then a lot of the other co-stars, including, um, Sarah Michelle Geller, right? At least, at least made statements. Um, I, I love Sarah Michelle's, um, 
her comment was something along the lines of, I will always be proud that my name is associated with Buffy Summers. I I do not want my name forever associated with Joss Whedon. Right. And that right there speaks volumes. Um, Other, I mean, not everybody from the cast has weighed in, but I know that the guy who played Giles, who's basically the, the, you know, one of the major adults in Buffy's life. um, He, I thought was very, he's like, I can't say I saw it happen, but I'm not going to say because I didn't see it happen. It didn't happen. I think if that's what she's saying happened, I think we need to to listen to that and we need to be, you know, I, I want to be supportive of her. And I think that that kind of stuff is stuff we don't see all the time. It's so, it's so easy to go, well, I didn't see it. So maybe they're making it up or I didn't see it. Maybe it wasn't that bad. And I have a lot of respect for people who are like, you know what? I don't know what the story is, but I believe this person and I believe that they've gone through something that's not good. I mean, you know, a lot of these actors that are stepping up now have already had their careers or are, you know, already more established. Ray Fisher is somebody who is trying to, you know, establish a foothold in the industry and mm-hmm. has already been written out of mm-hmm. a DC movie that he was, you know, planned to take part in because of this, because he's, you know, he's sort of been willing to sacrifice his career opportunities and put it all on the line to do what's right. And it's just unfortunate that, I mean, I hope, I hope that's corrected because, Otherwise, you know, we're seeing other people stand up and, you know, speak out and make this a bigger thing and be recognized. And I just hope that people remember that Ray Fisher, you know, has been doing this and he's a black man who has way less privilege in this industry and way less visibility. And so, you know, I think it's, man, I just, I just hope, I just hope people do right by him. Right. No, I would agree with you. And, you know, I, I do think that it's good that people are starting to come out and support him in his kind of crusade to yeah. bring this to light because he saw something that he didn't like and yeah. and that disturbed him and bothered him. And he wanted to make sure that other people didn't have to experience that. Yeah, even but- e- even at the even at the the um, the cost of possibly, you know, major like you said he's been written out of movies so it it is costing him on a personal level oh yeah absolutely he stuck his neck way out there (laughs) to the point that people were online going what are you doing man you know and he's Mm -hmm. just like i'm doing what needs to be done i'm doing what i think is right so yeah props to him yeah hope he's rewarded with a sweet role as magneto (laughs) i'd take it i would take it great (laughs) um Heavy stuff for early on a Monday morning. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna put this down and uh, go to commercial break, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about uh, WandaVision, and Ray's gonna Ray's actually done a deep dive on this. I haven't had the time this weekend, so he's gonna be he's gonna be schooling me on some of the stuff that we may have missed in in at least episode six. So I- we'll be right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just to that real quick before we go to break, I will be requiring some of your West Coast Avengers knowledge, Joe, so just be ready for that. Oh, I'm very excited. Okay. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community all dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! 
Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back, and we get to talk about WandaVision! Yeah, man. I I get so frustrated at the end of the episodes. I'm like, <laughs> no, I have to wait another week. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Which is exactly what I think they, they want. I mean, it's a successful marketing tool. Yeah, I do feel, though, that we are getting more story now. Yes, definitely. So, but there is that point, the 20 minute point where I start checking to see how much time do we have left? Like what, what are we going to be able to cover? <laughs> Sometimes they're hinting at something and I'm like, oh, that's probably going to be the cliffhanger. And sure enough, like that yeah. ends up being the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you want to start this? Cause you're a little bit more caught up than I am. I've seen the episodes, but I didn't do a deep dive on the last one. Holy shit. Okay. Well, I just, I, I quickly, episode six, because we, we haven't talked about this on, really, we haven't really uh, talked a lot about WandaVision since our th- first three episode recap. So this is the fir- the next three episode recap, which is episodes right. four, five, and six. So much, so much has happened over these three episodes compared to the first three episodes. Yeah. Right? I, I did not anticipate that. I really thought that the entire nine episode run was going to more or less keep the same pace. Mm -hmm. So wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) To the point that I think after episode five, I said to you, Hey Joe, what if, you know, we, we switched to a weekly sort of review format after episode six, because there's just too much to cover. There's too much to cover. And we don't, want to wait <laughs> i think it's really we're just impatient and yeah. we don't want to have to wait a whole nother three weeks yeah. um it just it just feels like a natural part of our weekly geekery because that's something that we're spending a lot of time working with yeah so i don't know if we want to just make this a wandavision podcast the next three weeks or if we want to split if we can come up with other topics to take up half the time and then we can devote WandaVision to half the time. Yeah, I think we'll let's let's look at WandaVision for the um for our weekly geekery half and then we can do one of our smaller topics that we've been kind of having in the back of our mind but we didn't think would really fill up an entire episode. And I think there's like little things that we can throw in as just good discussion things because the feedback from everyone is a lot of people really enjoyed our spoiler discussion and i think they enjoy kind of some of our more academic discussions we all like geeking out but i think they also like our and if if i'm completely wrong please say no just talk about geeky stuff but um you were wondering about that at the yeah uh, that episode i remember you were curious as to how it would be received also a lot of you really appreciate my my peanut butter tip which um (laughs) i i am glad i could be of service Oh, I knew that was brilliant the moment you you shared. <laughs> so, um, as far as WandaVision is concerned, at this point, I I have some. I don't want to say they're predictions, but there's just there's feelings that I have. I have some feelings, Joe. <laughs> okay, go go I with your feelings. feelings. <laughs> okay, 
Um, first is, and, and, you know, they said this, I think Feige said this, but it, it's, I don't know. It didn't really, like I noted what he, what he said when he said it, but I think now I'm actually feeling it. This show is setting up everything going forward. Yeah. And I don't think we were quite prepared for how much that was true. Yeah. Like in a very direct way. Yeah. By my count, this show is setting up or could be setting up. Definitely setting up Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. Definitely setting up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. S- possibly setting up storylines in Bucky and the Winter Soldier. Yes, although that was supposed to come out first, apparently. Right. Right. So, so the thought is, is that we would maybe have not had the slow burn that we had at the beginning if that had come out. Like we wouldn't have minded the slow burn if that that had come out when it was supposed to. Right. Also, the seek the Nick Fury secret invasion mm-hmm. show um, could possibly be setting up Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Could possibly be setting up mutants and the X Men. Right. And could possibly be setting up Masters of Evil. Ooh, that one I haven't heard. Masters of Evil slash Thunderbolts. Yeah, we're okay. Gonna get we've we've talked about that. Yeah, but yeah, but what would you what like what what have you seen and what have people talked about as far as setting up Masters of Evil? Wonder Man. Okay, so where does Wonder Man in your research fit into all of this? We're gonna get to that. Okay, I won't. So, I won't jump the gun. I'm just so excited because I asked you. You know, you're, to share your knowledge of Wonder Man last episode, I believe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I I did a deep dive. I needed some more info because that he seems he seems to keep coming up in different theories, right? So, uh, so I did a deep dive on that. But it, it's pretty crazy when you think about all the things that this one series and Marvel is so good at that. Marvel, I feel, you know, Age of Ultron's, you know, Thor sequence aside, the the infamous Thor cave scene aside. Right. Marvel generally does a very good job of weaving in other storylines into their their work, their, their individual movies or whatnot, in, in a way that is satisfying and doesn't really detract from the experience. It enhances it. It's not like other movies where they're attempting a franchise and you can tell, you know, I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. at you, amazing Spider-Man. It's like a naked, <laughs> it's a naked attempt at trying to set up a franchise before they've actually concerned themselves with develop with like uh, uh, delivering a, you know, a solid experience on its own. Mm-hmm. And with Marvel, it's like this show is so much fun and they're, they're starting all these threads. Right. And so that leads to another feeling that I'm happy I'm having, which is, I don't think this is building to a clean ending. No, I've, I'm worried about that. I, I have a feeling that we're going to, rev- I f- have a feeling the ending to this is going to be Dr. Strange. Yes. I, I think that this is the, the goal of this show is not to have a beginning, middle and end, but to sort of have a beginning, middle, and then just fraying of all these threads. Mm-hmm. And, and not only is this, I, I think Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is probably going to take four of these threads. And but I think there's a bunch of other threads that are going to be, you know, the 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 finale or the or the resolution is going to be found in a bunch of other movies and properties. Yeah. 
So that I'm trying to set my expectations accordingly. So because I tend to want a really, you know, not necessarily like a like a neat bow, but definitely some sort of like feeling of finality and resolution. Right. And I don't think that's coming. No, we, we need to prepare ourselves for that very much not happening. Yes. And it's one of the reasons why I stopped collecting monthly issues, you know, and I, and I only started buying certain graphic novels. And it's one of the reasons why I actually stopped reading a lot of ongoing titles because the story of Spider-Man is never going to be over. The story of the X-Men is never going to be resolved or over. It's always going to carry on to the next thing. And, you know, I started to prefer stuff like Preacher, stuff like Sandman that, you know, had a long arc, but there was an ending. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I prefer movies to television shows. Yeah, you know? because yeah. there is an ending and and you know that you're not going to be left hanging. Yes. And I think that's why stuff like, you know, I think I think as that's kind of become more popular to the mainstream. I think that's where we have shows like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and Mad Men that are so popular because they they end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, I don't think we're getting that. I don't think this is going to have an ending like that at or, or an ending at all, really. Um, Feige did say that WandaVision in its, in its totality was going to be about six hours of story. Okay. And I've noted before that I, I noticed, um, I've said on this podcast before that I noticed that not every episode is the same length. No, it hasn't. And that, that, that also is a little bit for me, a, a little bit jolting, I guess, because you right. can't really plan around it. I mean, it's not the worst thing. I, I would prefer them to be longer, but it is, it is a little bit discombobulating at times. Right. So if you do the math thus far for what we've gotten six episodes in, we're just over the three hour mark. So we still have a lot of story to go over the last three episodes. Yeah. That means they're going to be at least an hour each. Maybe an hour each. Cause we're, we're over three hours now. So I'm, I mean, I'm, we might get an hour long finale. We might get a movie length finale. Oh, that would be crazy. I'm yeah. For that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a possibility. That's a, that's another feeling that I'm having. Um, and then, you know, the last thing that I want before we get into specific characters and, and aspects and stuff, um, I think I've sort of accepted that they're really having fun with playing with the their audience. Mm-hmm. To the point that I think not everything means anything. Not but everything that, means everything? Not everything means anything. Right, right, right. For example, casting Evan Peters as Pietro. Mm-hmm. I don't think that has anything to do with Fox's X-Universe. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. You know, I've been pushing for that. I've been pushing <laughs> that theory since we found him, since he showed up on our doorstep. <laughs> I I think that it was just a way for them to mess with their audience. I think mm-hmm. that Pietro was always going to be recast in this because as, and I'll, and I'll get into this more as we get to his character. I don't think this is really Pietro. No. So they were always going to recast him. It was never going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think his name is. 
Um, it was never going to be him playing Pietro again. So the fact that they called on Evan Peters to play him, I think was just an, another fun way for them to mess with their audience. I don't think that particular choice has any other implication than that. And I think that goes for a few things on this show. Right. So there's a lot to, you know, what what is just a, a funny wink and what actu- has actual plot implications. Which is, I mean, because I've done a lot of stuff with conspiracy because that's the the tabletop role-playing game that I'm doing right now is working on conspiracy stuff. And that is the kind of the balance that you have to strike when you're trying to come up with something is you have to put in enough stuff that doesn't mean anything but could mean something. Yeah, to get people to try and figure stuff out. And you have to weed out that stuff. And it's very hard to figure out what needs to be weeded out and what gets to stay. Well, that's a dangerous game to play with your audience, because what could happen is the audience expectations begin to exceed what the story is actually going to deliver. Right. The big difference is, is that if your payoff is even though if it's not what they expect, it's just as epic as what they're hoping for, you've been successful. Well, epic. You chose epic. And what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that the, the ending of the story isn't good. I'm saying if it doesn't deliver as much as what mm-hmm. the audience is expecting. And I think that speaks to your choice of epic as a description. If it's yes. What if it's not epic? What if it's good, but it's just not epic? What if it's small? I don't know that I can, I, my, my brain will not conceive of that option right, right now. Right. For example, because, for example, okay. Uh, Quicksilver, you know, screaming at the twins in this last episode as they run off to cause trick-or-treating chaos, mm-hmm. calling them hell spawns. Oh right? yeah. 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 Did you catch that? He goes, you know, wreak havoc hell spawns or whatever he screams mm-hmm, at them right mm-hmm. yeah. now does that have real plot implications for this story or is it just a wink to the audience because we're aware of that really old marvel story where they end up being shards of a demon's spirit yeah i'm starting I, to I think, think i think they're i think they're actually both well i don't know mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to think that there is not going to be any sort of hellscape demon Mephisto aspect to this story. Really? I don't think that's where this is going at all. So where do you think this is going? I think it's going to remain firmly in the realm of science being sword and right. ma- and magic being Agnes. But... It, the way that Thor is about magic, the way that Doctor Strange is about magic. Where it's kind of like it's science we don't understand yet. Yes, which is kind of how Doctor Strange, you know, covered that, gave that to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just things that we don't understand. It's metaphysical. It's, it's you know, it's I think it's, it's rightly called magic, but I don't think it's going to get, I don't think we're getting Mephisto or any demon, to be honest with you. At all. Interesting. Yeah. That's my take. So then so then you think this is that basically sword is behind this and it got away from them? Um, I think that there could be a couple of different villains it, behind all this. Mm-hmm. I think that 
I think that Wanda is being influenced. I don't think she's being mm-hmm. controlled, but I think she's being influenced. And I think that this whole Westview hex thing happening is Wanda being influenced by antagonist number one. And I think that her breaking into the sword facility to steal vision that pulled in sword and, and uh, uh, Hayward. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is antagonist number two. So I think that this is like more than one evil or, or antagonistic forces at play here. So are they going to treat, um, are they going to treat Hayward is like the Henry Peter Gyrick of this universe where he's going to kind of be the one that, or the Senator Kelly that tries to start getting, I mean, the superheroes are already kind of sus because of uh, um, the whole Sokovia Accords and and right. civil war and all that. But are they going to, do you think that this, this is going to take it to like the mutant level? Right. So let's look at my notes for Hayward slash sword. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hayward hates superheroes. Mm-hmm. And I noted that as a Bucky and the Winter Soldier tie-in because Zemo also hates superheroes. Mm-hmm. And a big part a big part of the plot of that series is supposedly going to be that the government is still trying to create their own superheroes. Mm-hmm. They're trying to create their own superpowered beings, and Zemo is out to stop them. And I think Sword is part of that. Okay. Okay, so this could possibly, like you said, I have this in my notes, setting up the X-Men fear of heroes dynamic, uh-huh. right? Uh, there's, a, there's a story in Marvel Comics where Ultron pose, poses as a human in order to steal Vision's body. Interesting. So is Hayward Ultron is a question I have. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So was was Ultron posing as human? Did he take over Hayward's body at some point in order to access Sword and access Vision's body? Because we saw in the scene in the clip where Wanda breaks into the Sword facility to steal Vision, they were doing stuff with him. Yeah, like that wasn't he wasn't just like sitting there. He was he being was analyzed. Yes, That's I, exactly what Hayward said that Vision didn't want. Right, exactly. Um Another very, very popular theory I've seen crop up here and there is S.W.O.R.D. making sentinels from the technology of Vision's body. Oh, because when you started talking about, you know, maybe it was setting up this whole not um, not liking superheroes. I'm like, wh- like, the thing that popped into my mind is what if they do sentinels, yeah. but it's not just mutants? What if the idea of mutants just is not a thing? What if... What if instead of being mutants, there it's just superheroes, and maybe mutants are just the boom of superheroes? So it's a new type of superhero, but but right. like powered powered individuals across the board are not liked, aka sentient weapons. Yes, which is what Sword is about. Yes, so that's what I have for Hayward and Sword. Um. Where do you want to go from here? <laughs> let, I, I don't know. Where where, let, where where do you want to go? Well, let's talk about vision, okay? Because a mm-hmm. um, couple things, and this is a great theory 
that I came across. The, look, this is what I watch, okay, on YouTube. When WandaVision comes out and the theories start to pop out, the first place I, I go to is E-Man's movie reviews. I've talked about E-Man before on this podcast. He's amazing. His theories, I always get the most out of his videos. Not necessarily because they're the most accurate, but because he just comes up with the most theorizing for your buck. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I also watch Nerdist. I also watch new Rockstar videos. Those guys put out maybe a five to 10 minute video on this theory or that theory. E-Man comes out with like 30 minute videos breaking down possible storylines and theories. And it's just the most fun. And he has to me, for me, my taste, he has the most fun theories. And so this is an E-Man theory that there are two vision bodies that sword took apart vision's body you see in the in the security footage of wanda stealing his body from the facility you see him in pieces like like Mm -hmm, tin mm -hmm. man in the wizard of oz like taking apart pieces and so his theory is that sword has actually recreated another vision body that's the one that wanda stole and 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 took into the hex with her and it's one of the reasons why he doesn't remember anything pre-hex because, because he that, doesn't have that information. He didn't exist pre-hex. Oh, but Ray, that's okay. So <laughs> and that's dude, one of the reasons why when he busts out of the hex, he gets pulled back in instead of just dying, instead of just reverting back to the lifeless vision body that we got at the end of Infinity War. He's mm-hmm. getting pulled back because he actually didn't exist before then. Right. But if there's this extra body that's sitting around, Mm -hmm. there's the potential that they can take the information that um, Shuri got from like downloading him basically. Yeah. And put it back in. Yeah. And that's Wonder Man. You say that's Wonder Man? I think that might be Wonder Man. Explain. Well, because in the comic books, Wonder Man, um, where, where are my notes for Wonder Man here? Oh, I didn't write them down. This is where I was like, Joe's gonna know who Wonder Man is. Well, well the- I know how I know who Wonder Man is, but how does how does wasn't at uh, some point wasn't Vision's essence or personality downloaded into Wonder Man's body? No, it was the other way around. The other way around. Okay, so um, Wonder Man is coming up as somebody who could be a number of characters in this show. And I remember you. I think didn't you confirm you said that it was confirmed that this series was going to be introducing Wonder Man, or was that just a theory? That's just a theory. Okay. So um, I'll show you where I have Wonder Man in my notes. Um, let's see. Pietro, Agnes, Monica, Wu. Well, that's uh, – let's see. What is his character's full name? Which – the Wonder Man? Uh, Jimmy Wu's uh, – Oh, Jimmy – yeah, Jimmy Wu. What's what's his um is that his full name? No. I think so. Uh yeah, it is Jimmy Wu. Okay. Um so he starts out the show, or at least he starts out in episode 4 we learned that he was brought to the hex because of a missing uh informant, mm-hmm. a witness, right? Right. So who is this witness? People are starting to try to figure out is is this missing witness? We never hear from this missing witness again. 
is that anything of consequence? Now, for me, what I mean, what I meant earlier by like, oh, this show might not live up to expectations of the audience. Like we're picky, we're pulling at every single thread. This is one of the things I'm talking about. Like maybe that was just a reason to get Jimmy Woo's character into the show. Mm-hmm. What if we never hear about this witness again? I think that- I don't. I. I. I they, <laughs> they are so good about dropping specific hints about things. Like they don't drop threads like that. Right. And so I don't think that that's actually going to happen. Right. So this witness, who is this person? Some people are saying that because this witness could also be whoever Ralph is, because we have not met Ralph yet. Mm-hmm. What if um, it was just supposed to be Agnes's husband, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is Agnes's goal? So what I have for Agnes is she didn't get lost in her own town. Right In this episode six, we find her at the outskirts of the town. She says she made a wrong turn trying to get to the city center and she got lost. A lot of mm-hmm. people are saying that's bullshit. That she, she, she already has shown us that she knows this is a show, meaning she knows that Wanda's creating all this. Mm-hmm. Right, She knows more than the average townsperson in Westview. Um, she's also been actively trying to like influence Wanda in different ways. Like y'all should have kids, you know, I can babysit, blah, blah, blah. She shows up with things that Wanda needs, right? Like Mm -hmm, at the moment mm -hmm, that she mm -hmm. needs them. So she's more than just another person caught in this town, we think. So her acting like, you know, asking vision, is she dead? You know, because you are and asking for help. I, I tend to agree with the people that think that she's, she's playing that up. Okay, because that's one thing that's been confusing for me is is like, is she just playing it up or is she caught in there with everybody else and just not a known entity by the authorities? And for me, I think that's a little bit where I'm going that maybe she is – it's a different – she may be manipulating, being manipulated just like Wanda is because for a really long time, yes, Agatha Harkness ended up being, I think, a bad – guy quote unquote but she was a good guy quote unquote for a very long time so i don't see it beyond the realm of possibilities that she can't be used as a a hero character and less as a antagonist like we think she's going to or at least be in the gray area yeah yeah but i i don't think she's i think she's definitely i mean we know that she knows more than the average person in the town, mm-hmm. but she. Although, but so does um. So does is it Earl? Who's their their neighbor? Because yeah, he does. He's the one that's dressed up in the Halloween episode, right? Yeah, yeah, he does too. Um, people are, but wasn't who was he theorized to be when we last talked about this? Um, I'd always thought that it might be um Brother Voodoo. Right. So the magic bearers that are in this, that this town is populated by, maybe the ones that are able to sort of recognize that more than the average person that something's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Agnes, I feel like she has ulterior motives. Clearly, it could be that she's outright evil. It could be that she's being used by someone that's evil and she's like sort of in cahoots with them just to save her own self. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what if Ralph is missing and she's trying to get him back? Mm-hmm. You know, she told Vision that he's dead, possibly to get him 
to try to break the seal of the hex, knowing that Wanda would then expand the hex. Oh, I didn't think about that. So she's at the edge of town for Vision to find her. She tells him he's dead, blowing his mind and egging him on to break the barrier, knowing that Wanda is going to, you know, expand it in order to take over more, more real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I have Agnes falling in this is that I think she is working with a secret antagonist, whoever that may be. It may end up being Ralph. It may be because she's trying to get Ralph back and who the fuck is Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ralph could be wonder man. Ralph could be nightmare, which is a Dr. Strange villain and has also been rumored to be, an antagonist on this show, like a Mephisto or some other demon. Right. Uh, could be there. There's also been theories that it's the grim reaper. Right. Which the grim reaper is wonder man's brother. Right. Eric. Who has the ability to like reanimate the dead. So, right. Right. So, so wonder man is Simon, right. Mm -hmm. And then his brother is Eric, who's also known as the grim reaper. And there's West Coast Avengers ties there, right? Because all the Wonder Man storylines that I read all happened in West Coast Avengers. Yeah, he was. That was very much his Avengers positioning. Right, right. Um, so, what else do we have here? Uh, let me go. Well, let's go to Wanda herself. She's she's clearly not fully in control of the hex, right? Right. Like she's, she's in control of most of it, but she's also confused sometimes. I don't know how this all got started. I don't know who's controlling those people. I don't I didn't do that when the doorbell rings. I didn't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. When a mm-hmm. Pietro first shows up, she's confused too sometimes. Yeah. She's definitely confused sometimes. It's interesting that it looks like her power is just not able to reach out as far as the outer. She like, the extras are not like they become too much for her on the outer edges of the hex. Like right. everybody's just kind of in stasis out there. Right. Right. So um, my question about Westview about that was who is, is, is the hex strongest at the center of town or is the hex strongest wherever Wanda is? Like mm-hmm. if she walks out to the edge of town, are those people now fully under her control or is it because they're furthest away from the center of town that they're acting like that? Right. We don't yeah, know. And we just don't know. Exactly. So that can speak a lot to who is in control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I thought it was so funny when she makes that kick-ass reference in, in episode six too. <laughs> Remind me. She goes kick ass, <laughs> like as oh yeah 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 yeah. She yeah. speeds away, and it's like both actors who played Quicksilver, uh, Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, Is it, it's Taylor Johnson or Taylor? Yeah, I think it's Taylor Johnson. Uh, they both uh, were in Kick Ass, the movie Kick Ass. It's a great movie, by the way. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, so, um, okay, what was I with Wanda? Um, so she's not fully in control. Who? So who is it? Is it Agnes that is influencing her? Is it some unknown, you know, antagonist that we haven't met yet? Could that be Ralph, Agnes's husband, or not? Um, is she reanimating people from her memory? That was another theory that I came across that was pretty interesting. Like she's not. Like that is not actually Vision. We know that that is not actually Pietro. Maybe it is. 
these are aspects of her memory that she's like pulling out of her memory and into our reality. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I've heard um, theories that the um, the big bad, the the mysterious antagonist is the one playing Pietro. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, that was the first thing I thought when we got Pietro at the end of episode five. Um, it's clear too that she's suppressing her grief. That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah. Right. Is that she at some point snapped or had some kind of mental break. And because of her power set, it's, it's, it's actualizing all of this, you know, internal mental strife of hers where she's had, she's had so much shit that she's gone through in her life that she's suppressed a lot of this trauma. And now it's sort of managing, manifesting itself in this way. Yeah. And she's probably going to lose it by the end because we see like those clips of, uh, you know, clips from from future episodes of this series where the reality around her sort of glitching between all the timelines, between all the different decades and eras of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just we're going to get to a point where it just all gets to be too much for her to control. Yeah, I would I would agree. She's she's gonna barely be able to hold it together. And I think that leads to the idea that we probably are not gonna get a resolution to all of this at the end of this series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um the twins are interesting because they're also pe- people in the hex that she can't control. She can't control Agnes, she can't control Vision, she can't control Pietro, and she, she can't, can't control the twins. She can't control the twins. And they know that this is a show. They're like, you can do anything. Like you can do anything in here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you can bring mm-hmm. you can bring this pet back from life. And then wasn't it Agnes who was like, wait, you can do that? You can bring something back to life? Yeah. And see, that's why like like, they, like I feel like the it you would really have to explain away a lot of stuff to put Agnes in on the bigger plan. I don't think so, man, because I think she's the one who's planting these suggestions. When she says, uh, whenever she calls something out, it's like Wanda has an answer for it in the next episode or in the next scene sometimes. But you're, but you're assuming that she's in control of what she's calling out. And I, I think that there is, because she seems to be going back and forth between understanding what's going on and not understanding what's going on or being surprised by things that are being going, that are going on. Mm. I think she might be just whoever's manipulating Wanda is manipulating Agnes to get what she wants, what they want out of Wanda. Like they're not going to be in there. Assuming that Pietro is not the big bad. Um, the big bad needs somebody to intercede for them with Wanda. Right. And so by manipulating Agnes, who's also kind of a prisoner in this, like I believe Wanda is, um, that's where the disconnect is. They, they can kind of push Agnes to do what they need her to do, which is take care of the twins, Mm -hmm. push Mm -hmm. Wanda in directions they want to go. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she is in control of those actions. Right. Okay. Um, Another interesting thing about the twins is that with Vision, she stole his lifeless body and reanimated it within the hex. Mm -hmm. Okay. With Pietro, he is not from within the hex. Mm -mm. 
Because before he shows up at the door, the the breach alarm goes off at sword for when someone has breached the walls of the hex. Do you remember that? I didn't, but that's cool. Yes. So when she he shows up at the door, the doorbell rings, they cut to the sword facility and they go, the alarm's going off and they go, who is that? What just happened? Someone just went into the hex. So Pietro is not from within the hex. Yes. Yeah. Now with the twins, they were birthed within the hex. She mm-hmm. did not pull them from somewhere. Like Pietro is from outside. Like Vision's body is from outside. They're fully from within the hex. They did not exist as townspeople before. So that sets the twins apart as well. Right. Which would explain why they would be able to survive once Possibly. this is all done. Possibly. Um, yes. Which we really think will happen because there's a lot over the next couple of series. There's a lot of characters from the young Avengers that are being introduced. Right. So right. it suggests very strongly that that's what they're eventually leading to, which would right. be a very cool movie, by the way. But, <laughs> um, but the, um, I lost my train of thought. The, the, my question is, is when, Monica gets thrown out of the hex. Her clothes stay of the hex. Right. When the when they pull back the cord from the guy who becomes the beekeeper, right. They it stays the jump rope. Right. So it's you can but, kind of a go well, ahead. When Vision broke the wall, he did not stay. It actually tried to pull him back in. Right. Um, that could just be because of his connection with her, but it, it does suggest that things that are created in the hex stay hexed. I mean, maybe not personalities or, or mental, yeah. but the, but the physicalness of all of this stay hexed. Well, one interesting question is uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing answered is now that Darcy's been absorbed into the hex, who is she going to be inside the hex? Yes. And is she going to know what's going on? Right. Right. And are they going to do something fun with the fact that Kat Dennings has been in sitcoms herself? Yes. I love <laughs> Like she was the best thing about two broke girls. Like I'm the sure. other, the other actress was okay, but I, I watched it for her. She was amazing. I, and, you know, in terms of the, uh, the hex itself, as it continues to expand, we've seen clips that I assume are from future episodes where the hex wall transforms modern cars into old-fashioned cars. So so we can expect that the hex walls are going to continue to expand. Right. Is this, a, is this a, a, a house of M in reverse where the hex walls are going to expand over all of Earth, thereby creating mutants? Interesting. Because they do alter molecules as they go. Right. Well, right. and and that's one thing that, that Monica is not powered yet. I thought she was already powered because we didn't see her on the the life scan or whatever. But it suggests when they analyze the the her cell structure is that she needs a couple more doses of going back and forth through the hex wall to become a powered individual. I I'm inclined to think she does already have power. She's just not showing them. Okay. She does. Well, because Darcy said something about like, you can't go through your, your 
molecules or whatever your cells are already um, being affected. But so it kind of implied that another, another dose might do something crazy, which would be giving her powers. Right. It it just, it it was, it was funny to me how she just went, all right. Like, okay. And then the rest of them were like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was that an allusion to the photon costume when she put on the raincoat and then like put the hoodie on? I don't remember exactly what the photon costume looks like, but doesn't it have wings under her arms. Well, well she's got really blousey um, uh, sleeves. So the the actress who plays her uh, when she was went to like Comic Con and they announced whatever wherever they announced that she was going to be playing Monica Rambeau, she came out with a really cool blouse that very much mirrored the photon uh, cool. costume. So. When Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo decide to, I guess, like revolt or whatever, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. mutiny, um, they they put on two different rain slicks. And Monica's, like Jimmy's is more of like a jacket and Monica's is more of like this like drapey kind of like, you know, uh, it kind of looks like her costume. And they do, it, it seems like it's a very intentional shot of her putting on the hood. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I wonder if they're making a, a quick allusion there to her photon her costume, costume. Her, her eventual photon costume. The actress is Tiana Paris. She's, she's so good. I'm she's absolutely excellent. Yes, she's excellent. Um, so um, where were we in my notes here? So on, on that moment, I sent you a, a, a view of her original costume, but this is a later costume. And there's your raincoat. So, um, oh God, Joe, I have so many, so many more notes. I got time. <laughs> <sighs> Here's another really popular theory that I've seen two different places. Oh, wait, let me look at the image you just sent. Oh, yeah, that does look like the raincoat. Yep. Cool. So I I think we're going to see Photon. Photon, right? Yeah. I think or we're going to see. She's, got, she's had multiple, but I think Photon because that's her mother's call sign, so it would make sense that she would go to that. I think we're going to see her in Captain Marvel too. And remember, there's some kind of rift between her and Carol Danvers, right? Yeah, like a, a, a big rift. Like something yeah. happened. Something went yeah. down. Yep. Um, so a, a theory that I've seen a couple places that I really like is, is let's talk about the aerospace engineer that Monica keeps saying she's going to meet up with. Oh, right, right. Do you have theories? Yes. So some people are saying, oh, it's going to be – uh, Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be Susan Storm. Oh, it's it's going to be, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be anyone associated with the Fantastic Four. I don't think we're getting the Fantastic Four in this show at all. No, no. Uh, they alluded to the, to the astronauts, right? The sword astronauts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. I think we're done with that. Um, some people are saying it's going to be Beast, pre, pre-Blue Furry Beast, Hank McCoy. I don't think it's we're getting any of the X-Men characters in this show at all. No, and he he seems to be more he would have been more of a biologist than a an uh aerospace engineer. Right. Couple of popular uh uh guesses or or theories. One is that it's we're going to get introduced to the character Blue Marvel. Yes, I've heard that one. Okay, I didn't know who Blue Marvel was. I'd never heard of him before, so I had to look up 
who blew Marvel, a.k.a. Adam Brashear, right? He's a relatively new Marvel character, right? Yeah, I don't know much about him. Okay, so Adam Brashear, a.k.a. Blue Marvel, um, is a former fullback at Cornell University, uh, PhDs in electrical engineering and theoretical physics, Mm-hmm. Uh, a veteran of the Korean War, a member of the U.S. Marine Corps with two silver stars. Um, while in the Marine Corps, he met Connor Sims, the friend he would later know as Anti-Man, um, associated with Project Perseus, mm-hmm. uh, where he uh, became the project lead on a scientific attempt to harness antimatter through the reactor of a negative, through the creation of a negative reactor, which accessed the negative zone. Which totally ties into Fantastic uh, Four, Fantastic Four, and also um, Ant Man. Okay, well there you go, and that seems to be where his powers come from—an uh, almost unlimited source of clean energy. Uh, let's see. Um, due to the unexpected explosion, both Brashear and Sims were subjected to mutagenic radiation. Um, Brashear became a stable antimatter reactor and developed a set of superhuman abilities. So um, he's been around the Marvel Universe for a while now. In 1962, Adam received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President John F. Kennedy on the day the president asked him to retire. It had been discovered by the public that he is an African-American. As the Blue Marvel, he wore a full face helmet, but when it was damaged in battle, his identity was revealed. Um, a massive controversy ensued. Um, and so he came back for a final mission. He met Uatu the Watcher. He has ties to S.H.I.E.L.D. He has ties to the Avengers. He has ties to Kang the Conqueror. He has ties to Reed Richards and Tony Stark. Uh, he has ties to the Negative Zone, as we've talked about already. Um, he was on a team with Luke Cage um he's he's got a lot going on and so one of the related searches for him is blue marvel versus sentry yes yes um so a lot of people are guessing this is going to be their opportunity to introduce this really you know relatively new but fan favorite marvel character also going to increase the diversity of Marvel's, you know, the MCU's characters, because, you know, most of these characters are based on superheroes that were created in the 60s. They're mostly going to be white, especially white men. So any opportunity I think that Marvel has now to kind of diversify their roster, they're going to do that. Right. Um, so, and like I said, he seems to be a fan favorite character. Um, and a lot of ties to a lot of different um, properties or franchises that Marvel's trying to set up and get going. He's super strong and super smart. Um, so that's some people are thinking that's Monica's, you know, he, he's, he, he has ties to Monica's story. I think they actually dated in the comics. Yeah. So this could be her aerospace engineer that she's talking about. That's awesome. Um, I just have to, I have to do a quick tangent just because um, do you notice that in this, this trope has not fallen away that, Almost anybody who becomes a superhero in the Marvel Universe is both smart and an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how because many geniuses. Explain, yeah. We have to, we have to explain why these people can both kick ass 
and do sciencey stuff. Yeah, even Peter Parker has to create his own web fluid, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just happens to know how to do that because it's he's- like he's yeah he's a football player and an aerospace engineer. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's one theory for who this aerospace engineer is. The other theory, and the one that I really like, is that this aerospace engineer is the young female scroll that Monica Rambo befriended in Captain Marvel. Oh, that would be amazing. Do you remember? And we'll know if that's who this person is. If this person has purple eyes, because remember in Captain Marvel in a little scene between young Monica Rambo and this young scroll girl, she says, I wouldn't change anything. Don't know. She says, don't change your eyes. Yeah. Because scrolls are a part of this world. Right. Oh, I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. Because for a second, I thought you were going to go to its um, Ironheart. But right. I like this idea so much better. So much yeah. better. So that's a possibility. And that would tie the events of this series to uh, Secret Invasion with Nick Fury. Wow. Yeah. So that's a theory that I like um, for the aerospace engineer. If it's a, if it's a person with purple eyes, we know it's the little scroll girl. Mm-hmm. Now you're um, going to have to, you're going to have to give me a heads up because being colorblind, I'm not going to see the purple eyes. Oh shit. I forget you're colorblind. Yeah. Like, like I, that's why I was like, who is this? Oh, it's the red skull. Yeah. The red wasn't saturated enough for me to see it. <laughs> yeah. Of course the question is, is the missing witness is Jimmy Woo's missing, missing witness a scroll. Oh, well, you know what? As well, we don't get an age of the um of the person who's. We just know it's a male Mm -hmm. because he does definitely say he. Mm -hmm. So, if it was a scroll, that may be a way of introducing Hulkling, which eventually um, becomes the boyfriend of Wiccan. On the new Avengers? On the new Avengers. Oh, okay. And so, again, we don't know how old this witness is. So, if it's like a scroll kid, mm-hmm. that would be like he would be this, the right age to be with, to be that, to be part of that group. That would be awesome. I'd be very excited right. about that. Right. They're clearly setting up new Avengers. Uh, which, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, I got a few straggling things left. The big, the big list of show notes I have is is all around Pietro. Uh, we already said we don't think this is really Pietro, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. What are you? What are your thoughts on this? I think I I like the theory that it's there's, there's a couple things. I like the theory that it is somebody who, um, it is the the person who's manipulating everything. Who has is like this? I need to take a firsthand role in this, mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to go off the rails. Mm-hmm. So that that's the way that was the in. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the theory that it is um, the whoever this witness is, just kind of recast as literally recast as Pietro. Mm-hmm. Um. Those are those are the two working theories that I have for Pietro. So he knows this is a show. He kn- not only does he know that Wanda is 
controlling Westview. He thinks it's great. He wants her to keep doing it. Yeah. Right. He mm-hmm. points out, he asks her, where are these people? Why, where did these kids show up from? And that's how we learned that people only come out as Wanda needs them to come out for different episodes. Right. Right. But um, we know that P- Pietro is like egging her on like, yes. And he really wants to gain her trust. Mm-hmm. I'm the only mm-hmm. person you can trust. I'm not your husband. I'm not an Avenger. I'm your brother. Trust me. You know? Um, so all of this speaks to like some, you know, the dubious nature of like, who, who is this guy? Um, and he doesn't look like, like Pietro, like her brother from age of Ultron. And when, when, you know, he, he gives the excuse of like, oh yeah, you wanted to repress this. It was a painful memory. So you made me look like this instead of like him. The question is, but like vision is a painful memory and she didn't change vision's appearance. So like. Is that a way to just sort of like sidestep that issue and explain it away as fast as possible for, for Wanda, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I watched a really cool Nando video on YouTube about who Pietro could be. He, um, he theorizes that Pietro could be Mephisto. He theorizes that he could be Nightmare. Uh, Nando thinks it's much more likely that Pietro turns out to be either Master Pandemonium or Nicholas Scratch. Do you remember Nicholas Scratch? Um, I, that's, that's Agnes's or, uh, Agatha Harkness's son. Yeah. Yes. Agatha, Agatha Harkness's son from the comics, who is also a magic wielder who also took over a town in the, in the comics. Um, and who he thinks is, is behind all of this. And, you know, hence the Mr. Scratchy. A bunny that that Ag- Agnes has, right? That would be a deep dive into the comics if that if that stays true. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Um, secret secret final episode cameo that people keep talking about. I think it's going to be Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think it's going to be Doctor Strange too. That that's my that's my guess as well. Someone, I think it was um, New Rockstars, a New Rockstars video pointed this out that Paul Bettany has, you know, in his, in his, um, what's, what's it called? His uh, uh, interview, interview run, you know how they do like where they're promoting like the promotion cycle. Yeah. The tour. Yeah. Um, so in one interview that he was doing, he was talking about how, he probably shouldn't be saying this, but there's a really exciting cameo at the end of this show. And he's really excited to work with this person because he's never actually gotten a chance to work with this person. And they have some fireworks in their scenes together. And it's going to do, it's going to be a bunch of fan service for the, for Marvel fans. And he's really excited, but Oh, he said too much. He probably shouldn't have even said this. He doesn't want to get in trouble. Right. Right. Then they show a clip from another interview that he did, and he says all the exact same things. Yeah. So this this sounds that it's like <laughs> this is you are you are getting you are getting permission to drop this information for us. Exactly. Exactly. That it's planned by Mar- by Marvel for him to say these things and to plant these seeds with the audience. And the things he kept saying over again was that he's never acted with this person before, that it was going to be a ton of fan service, and that they had fireworks. 
So based off that, people start going, who could this be? Who could this be? Right. And, and it seems like the, the most likely candidate is Dr. Strange. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it would be cool. And this is kind of jumping off of an E-Man reference in one of his videos. How cool would it be if it was Mordo from the end of Dr. Strange, the first movie? Because if we remember at the end of that movie, we get a, a stinger where Mordo is going around and is reclaiming the, the souls uh, from magic users that are, quote unquote, breaking the rules, according to him. Holy shit, Ray. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And remember, this show is going directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. And Mordo is a is a top tier level magic wielder. What if Mordo is the one who's influencing Wanda, and these people that are in there are the magic users that he wasn't able to reclaim? Right, or or they are. He has reclaimed them, and that's why they're in there. That's why they were in that town to begin with. Maybe Jimmy Woo's informant was a magic wielder who was claimed by Mordo. Interesting. It could go either way because it could be like a prison for the ones he couldn't get, or it could be they're in there being manipulated or, or manipulating Wanda on his command. Right. Exactly. So I just think it would be so cool to pull Dr. Strange in that way, because if it ends up being mortal, then Stephen Strange is definitely going to show up to handle that. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's brilliant. Uh, so yeah, that that's all I got, Joe. Um, I, that's a lot. Like, like I hadn't even, I hadn't even been, been focusing on Mordo. Like now that's my whole, like, that's what I want it to be. Like yeah, it, it, it brings that back in, in such a good way. And you're right. That means then it doesn't have to be Mephisto. Then it doesn't have to be like, it is exactly. a continuation of the Dr. Strange storyline. Exactly. And he was on a tear at the end of Dr. Strange. He, he was going around literally sucking the souls or sucking the, the magical souls or powers out of magic wielders that he felt didn't deserve to have them. Well, well, how about this? Because maybe, maybe whoever's manipulating Wanda is protecting magic users from him. You know what I mean? If he's sucking mm -hmm. out the the powers of magic users that he doesn't think should have them, then maybe maybe this is a way to kind of we'll, we'll put them all in this bubble, and right. we'll use Wanda to create the bubble, and then he can't get to them, and maybe that's maybe he's he's getting in there more than they were hoping he would, right? And kind of moving it in a direction that wasn't expected. Yeah. Oh, I love these. I love, I love this, these theories. These are like, this is just when I thought it couldn't go in a direction that I was more excited about. I am now more excited about, ugh, it just needs to be Friday. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, like I said, that was just my thought jumping off of an E-man theory as to what could be going on with, um, like the powers, like, like people, losing their power or, or magic wielders sort of like all having to band together or get pulled into the same place. And I said, Oh, what if Mordo's the one behind all this? Oh, that's now was that, was that your, were you the one who added Mordo or did you see Mordo? 
No, no, no. That, uh, he he mentions Mordo specifically, and he he calls back to his last scene in Doctor Strange. Okay. E Man, by the way, has I'm telling you, has a half hour, um, uh, episode six breakdown. WandaVision episode six explained, and it's 27 minutes, and it's fucking great. <laughs> I watched it twice. I watched it when it first <laughs> came out, and I watched it. Um, uh, this morning again, just because there was so much to pull from that. Um, oh wait, it's he also and he puts out so much. It trips me out because it's like Nerdist is like a whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even like new rock stars is like a whole thing, and then you get this one dude who like puts out the most entertaining videos. <laughs> he has one. He has the one about double vision, about whether or not there are more than one vision, bo- you know, bodies out there. That was mm-hmm. his thing. He has a video on that. He has a whole video on. Agatha Harkness and her or Agnes's secret plan and what might she be up to what might uh, she might be up to. Um, And I think it's in that video. I'm looking through it right now. I think it's in that video where he brings up Mordo. And I was like, holy shit. Like why stop there? Like why? Oh, here it is right here. Let's see. Cause he talks about how people are speculating that the Dr. Strange sequel was going to have Mephisto in it or nightmare or something. Right. Right. But he's like, wait, they already told us who the Marvel villain's going to be. It's going to be Mordo in Doctor Strange. Right, right. Now, so that doesn't preclude it doesn't preclude that he's not working with a bigger entity because that's kind of the whole it's a very warlock kind of um, and, and I say warlock in the D&D sense, not in the <laughs> um, New Mutants or um, Adam Warlock sense. Um, but this idea that you are getting your magical power from a extra dimensional entity. And that is your, um, that is your, the source of your power is this deal with a different entity. Um, and so, you know, maybe he is working with nightmare or Mephisto or who knows. So um, why don't we wrap it up and then we'll just, you know, this will be part of our, um, our weekly geekery for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, man, (laughs) I'm like, as you're, as you're talking about like your take on this, I'm like Googling stuff and reading and I'm like, Holy shit. Like there's just more and more and more and more. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know the conversation does not have to stop here, guys. Like, go ahead and send us your theories. Go ahead and uh, you know send us Twitter messages and and Instagram messages and and weigh in because maybe you have something that we haven't talked about, and that's what makes this all so fun. So yep. let us know what you're thinking. Yep. Any shout outs? Uh, yes, this might be the same shout out that I gave last week, but. Um uh, the, the Facebook group that I'm a part of, um, the heroes, the hero movies, uh, dead or alive started by, uh, Benjamin, uh, goes by Mr. Benja is super fun. Um, he's had a couple of great theories that I've, that I've read on there that I wanted to give him credit for. One of them is concerning the commercials that we're seeing. Oh, right. We haven't even talked about those. Yeah. And he has a theory that he's written about uh, in the Facebook group, how the commercials each might be representing different infinity stones. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. We got a time commercial for about a, about a, a watch. Um, and there's a couple others. Um, well, the they talked about the soap is in the shape of the Tesseract. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, that was the first time. That's the only place that I've come across that theory, and it's Benja's. And uh, I thought it was pretty great. So I wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, for that and for some of the other, you know, cool conversations that I've, that I've been part of uh, this week. Awesome. Very, very mm-hmm. cool. I want to give a shout out to my cast of uh, As the Dice Roll and our new our new campaign, which we'll probably be releasing in April. Um, I realize it's a ways away, but um, that's when I will have time to edit it to my standards. <laughs> uh, but Rob, Katie, Todd, Drew, Mandy, and my wonderful husband, Matt, um, we had a lot of fun and I can't wait to keep playing. Um, next week, I don't think we have a, a specific topic yet. Ray and I will have to go back and talk about some of the stuff that we have on the list, but I'm pretty sure we're going to do like half one division episode seven and half smaller topic about, you know, just a discussion topic. So that's probably what we'll do next week. All the music in this episode is by Ben sound. It is being used under a creative commons license. You can find more music by Ben sound at bensound.com. Geekitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek podcast, tea time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney forever. You can't stop me. Love and K pop. Um, I lost my train of thought. The Nerd Bird Review, My HGTV Addiction, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob, and of course our newest podcast, As the Dice Roll. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, good. Uh, I am on various social media platforms at Ray Vargas three. That's Ray Vargas and the number three. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to take a look at some of my artwork, you can go to rayvargas3.com. Perfect. All right, folks, don't let the conversation end. Send us messages. Let us know what we're missing. Let us know what your theories are. And until we talk about this next week, remember this week, keep it geek. Geek.